It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast. I encourage you to do that. You can rate us. You can say, hey, Alexa, play Locked on Packers. You can say, okay, Google, play Locked on Packers. There are so many ways that you can find us. Why, why, haven't, why haven't you told a friend? Why haven't you said, hey, are you listening to Locked on Packers? You should. I like it. Now, that's assu- assuming you do like it. I'm assuming you're not hate listening. I could be wrong. I hope I'm not. Because of the holiday, uh, we weren't able to get a, a, an expert Tuesday scheduled for this week, and that's okay because... There is always plenty to talk about. Again, the Packers lost 31-28 to in Pittsburgh in a valiant but ultimately for naught effort against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week at home. This is a bad defensive team. It is not a great offensive team either with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, we don't know the status of Jameis Winston yet for this game. It's possible he could play. There's, there's no line on this game in Vegas because of this very question. And frankly, I don't, I don't know that it makes them better. Jameis was struggling before he got hurt. There has been now this investigation that the NFL has undergone into an incident involving an Uber driver and a complaint lodged against Jameis Winston that he acted inappropriately and, and potentially, potentially sexually assaulted an Uber driver based on her testimony and and her account to the company in a report that that is what happened it's it's a troubling set of allegations and and BuzzFeed broke that story and and you should go read it uh if you're interested in learning more about that but in terms of the on on field part of this the football part of this the Buccaneers are a beatable team. They're a team Green Bay should beat even with Brett Hundley at home. I would say they're pretty comparable teams with Brett Hundley at the helm. But if we get the Brett Hundley that played on Sunday, I think Green Bay can and, and should win this game. I think they should be favored in this game. And this is the first defense that they've played that has been sub-average. And not only are they sub-average, this is a bottom five defense in the league. They've got some great players, Gerald McCoy, is a beast inside. Levante David is an outstanding linebacker. I think Vernon Hargraves is a talented corner who will eventually be a very good player, but he's still young, and Brent Grimes is at the end of his career. The safeties are bad. They don't rush the passer well. They have just 15 sacks all season. That was coming into this weekend. So this is a defense that Green Bay should be able to take advantage of. Now on the other side, that's where the question is. I mean, that is... This is the trend of the Aaron Rodgers era and the Mike McCarthy era. The defense for Green Bay is going to be the question. 
and particularly at corner. And I was looking at some of the numbers Pro Football Focus had. Devon House was one of the most infrequently targeted corners in football earlier in the year. And part of the reason was that Demarius Randall was not playing well. Quentin Rollins was playing horribly. And Kevin King is a rookie, and so he was seeing a lot of targets. Devon House, when targeted, according to Pro Football Focus, is allowing a 116.3 quarterback rating. If that were a QB for a season, he'd be leading the league. That would be like historically great for a quarterback. Now that's on 39 targets, which of the consistent starters is the least, but he's allowed four touchdowns and has just the one interception. Now Demarius Randall, in more snaps, he's got a similar number of targets, a similar number of catches, a similar number of yards, and he's also allowed four touchdowns. The difference is he has four picks. And so creating turnovers, his quarterback rating when targeted has gone down. He's got a pretty solid number, but the rest of the metrics don't check out. He's His number is solid in terms of quarterback rating because he's created some turnovers. It hasn't stopped teams from throwing at him. And then the most targeted corner of the group is Kevin King. He's been targeted 44 times in 224 coverage snaps. He's got a 102.9 passer rating against the two touchdowns, by far the most yards after catch. Now, part of that is the positions that that he's been in when these catches have been made, and, and he's also given up the most yards of these corners. This is to be expected from a rookie corner. Josh Hawkins also allowed a, a quarterback rating over 100 for the year. Quentin Rollins, of course, was the worst in 71 snaps. Quarterbacks were 17 of 18 for 170. 85 yards after the catch with a touchdown. That's a 124.5 quarterback rating. And he was being targeted fewer than one in four times in coverage that he was on the field. Teams picked him out and said, we're going to throw at you because you're bad. I will not be surprised if he doesn't make this team next year. I said this yesterday. I think at a certain point, you have to have Demarius Randall and Kevin King be your outside starters. And then you bring in Devon House because... He's playing so poorly, and, and and maybe at a certain point, and maybe we'll get to that point if if Aaron Rodgers can't come back or if Green Bay loses one of the next two games and and gets essentially knocked out of the playoff conversation, maybe you do just say, we're going to play Josh Hawkins and we're going to play Lindsey Pipkins and we're going to see what they've got. That's not an approach I would necessarily dislike. They need to add more talent at corner. They need to do that this offseason. I liked the Kevin King acquisition, David Bakhtiari obviously made a, a strong statement after the game saying that that he was glad that they had Kevin King and Vince Beagle and and not TJ Watt. Now that's a that's a guy who is defending his teammates and had to go against Watt all game. It's someone who had a, a questionable helmet to helmet hit against his quarterback in the game. And so Bakhtiari is gonna talk tough. That doesn't mean that those guys are better players than T.J. Watt, but I think everyone sees the talent that Kevin King has. He's been hurt all year. Dom Capers admitted in his press conference on Monday, and Mike McCarthy talked about it last week, King is playing hurt. He gutted it out. He left the game. He had to come back. This is clearly a problem for him because he's a guy that likes to play physical. He's he's a guy that likes to play press. And so if he loses his ability and his strength in his arms— I mean, you can't play football without strength in your arms. So this has obviously hurt Kevin King over the course of the season. 
you expect a rookie corner to be better. So if we're talking about things that we can look at for next year, I expect Demarius Randall will again be in the slot. I think Kevin King is your starter entrenched outside. I'm not sure the other outside corner is on this team. Maybe it's Devon House. Maybe it's Josh Hawkins. Maybe it's Lindsey Pipkins. I'm not sure I would feel comfortable with any of those combinations at this point. House was on a one-year deal in Green Bay. It felt like a stopgap move. And I think that's what's gonna what it's going to turn out to be. Now, I think Green Bay also thought Quentin Rollins would play better than he did. And that House would be a, a veteran on the outside that would help as Kevin King could sort of come along. But Rollins and Randall played poorly to open the year. Kevin King was forced into the starting lineup. And now here we are. He's being asked to cover Antonio Brown in key moments and key games. Green Bay has to get one more corner. I like I like Randall in the slot. He's going to give up some plays, but he's also a playmaker. I like Kevin King's talent. I like his skills. I like his tools. Devon House has made some nice plays. He's always been inconsistent. He's still only 28. And maybe a new defensive coordinator would help put him in a better position to succeed on a regular basis. That's what I keep coming back to. I would like to see this talent coached by someone else. That's just how I feel. I've said over and over, I don't, I'm not going to call for anyone's job. As an observer, as a fan, I would like to see this team, this talent, coached by someone else because I look at the roster and I go, there are teams ahead of Green Bay in defensive efficiency and stats and, and whatever you want to pick. There are better defenses than Green Bay's with less talent. I don't think the Bears are a more talented defense than Green Bay, but they're a better defense. That's a problem. I mentioned the pro football focus numbers. You can get all of those numbers by entering our pro football focus edge giveaway. If you put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, leave your name, your number, your address, serial numbers, social, no, don't do any of that. You, but put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. That gets you access to player grades, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, charts, draft coverage, all of the impeccable data over at Pro Football Focus. It's not all perfect. I'll be the first to admit that. But there is a ton of information that you can get there that very few places can provide you, certainly very few places will provide you that information for free. And you could get this for free, a $39.99 value, if you win our giveaway. So put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and it could also be yours. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. 
The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water-resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. One of the major storylines of the Brett Hundley tenure in Green Bay has been his inability to get Jordy Nelson the football. In that first game where Brett Hundley played, Nelson had six catches for 60 yards. And there was no cause for concern because he had a normal, relatively normal Jordy game. Then against the Saints, he had one catch, 13 yards. Lions, four catches, 35 yards. Bears, three catches, 20. Ravens, two catches, 24. Steelers, three catches, 11. He has 393 receiving yards for the season and hasn't caught a touchdown since Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. When you go back to those those Rodgers games, Seahawks, seven catches, 79 with a touchdown, Bengals six catches, 52 and two touchdowns, Bears four catches, 75 and two touchdowns, Cowboys two for 24 with a touchdown. Now, part of that is because Nelson has this innate connection with Rodgers and they just, the red zone they own and they own the end zone. Rodgers is going to look for Nelson in that area of the field and Brett Hundley is just not doing that. Devontae Adams has clearly ascended to be the number one receiver on this team. And he should. He's the most talented at this point. He's the most physically gifted at this point. The route he ran on that 55-yarder, the stutter go, was magnificent. It was awesome. And Brett Hundley put the ball where it needed to be. This was a play that I, I wrote about for the Packers. It was a play that I wrote about in my in my Brett Hundley scouting report before his first start. I, I posted a GIF on Twitter. He threw this same stutter go to Jeff Janis for a touchdown against the Eagles in the preseason. And he hit in the second preseason game against Washington. He hit Janis on the right. This was not a stutter go, but on a go route. His deep balls on the sidelines have been on point when he's been throwing to Devontae Adams. 
not when he's been throwing to Jordy Nelson. They have just been out of sync. And I don't know why that is. Because Nelson's been open. I mean, you watch the All-22, it's pretty clear on a consistent basis, Nelson is open, especially on shots down the field. Hundley has been unable, for whatever reason, to get him the ball. It does seem as though Jordy is playing less in the slot than he was with, with Rodgers, especially last year. And maybe that has something to do with it. But regardless, if Green Bay is going to win the next two games, it would be nice to get Jordy Nelson more involved. Because even if Rodgers does come back week 15, it would be nice to have some sort of rhythm. Even though the quarterback is different, you feel engaged. You feel involved. You play just that extra 3 or 4% harder to win your one-on-one matchup. That, all that stuff matters. And this offense, it, the the questions I think are more than just where is Jordy Nelson. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Even with Rodgers under center, this was a confusion of mine. Where is Trevor Davis? Where is Geronimo Allison? Why are they so afraid? If, if they're going to go with a huddle and they're going to come out and play empty, and they're going to do that with a tight end and a running back, or two tight ends, then the the answer to why they're not playing Trevor Davis and Geronimo Allison can't be, well, they want to be able to protect. Because you're still going to block with five. The tight end's not coming in to help. I understand in no-huddle situations, you're going to do that with 11 personnel, three receivers, a tight end, and a running back. And if you go empty... You know, it's usually a quick game and you're doing that as part of the no huddle with your core personnel. But if you're going to sub in guys and you're going to go to a huddle and this is going to be a called play, why is Trevor Davis not in the game to, for a gadget play? He, he did have one against the Steelers. It was a, it was a six yard run. All of those, those little, it's not really a jet sweep, but it's a modified jet sweep out of shotgun where the quarterback gets the snap and just sort of pitches it to the ball. It's technically a pass, statistically. Uh, the Patriots, I think, scored on one over the weekend. And they did it with Trevor Davis instead of Randall Cobb. And, and look, when you get the more athletic person, he, he's able to make a play. Why is he not in the game? Why is he not playing more? And Geronimo Allison has been a key cog in this offense at various points over the last year and a half. And he's been involved in the passing game. So why is he not on the field? Why are they not going four wide receivers? Why are you not stressing these teams to get down to their fourth and fifth corners? And if the answer is, well, we're worried about blocking, well, you have the same concern with 11 personnel and going empty. And if the idea is, well, they're going to all out blitz you, well, it's the same issue. Get the ball out quick and let's go. But the issue that I have is that Mike McCarthy has this, has had this problem with Brett Hundley, and we saw it. It was he, McCarthy. This was his best Brett Hundley game in the Steelers game, in that he managed Hundley well for most of the game. But he still vacillates between being a little too aggressive and a little too conservative. That is the spectrum that he operates in. And I thought on that that field goal attempt, he admitted. He said the field goal attempt was the right call. And in some ways, I think he's right. You trust your kicker. You know, the Steelers made the game winner from 53, not that much shorter than 57. 
I think it was a little embarrassing that Crosby missed that 57-yarder as badly as he did. But the first down play call and the third down play call, he admitted, McCarthy did, that maybe that was not the best option, not the best choice. I understand wanting to put your quarterback in the best position to succeed. Why not let him play with four receivers? Why not let him play with five? I mean, I, I can't remember the last time five receivers were on the field for the Packers. Was Brett Favre playing? Because Mike McCarthy revitalized Brett Favre's career with that big five. With Corin Robinson. I mean, why, why not once in the game go five wide? Or at least four wide with a running back. I mean, I feel like there may be three snaps a game maximum that we see that. Why not, why not come out on first down and try that? I just, I don't understand. The Memphis Grizzlies made major headlines Monday firing their head coach, Dave Fisdale. Locked on Grizzlies has you covered for all the latest there and always keep it locked on Bucks and locked on NBA for the latest in pro basketball. There was a lot of discussion over the last 24, 48 hours about how Green Bay should handle the Aaron Rodgers comeback. And whether they should just shut it down. And under what circumstances it would be okay to bring him back. And I am of the opinion that if there is still a mathematical chance for Green Bay to make the playoffs, that he should be on the field. If there is no added risk of injury above and beyond what is normal for a player in a football game. I went through the scenarios and there's still a lot to be decided because there's still five games left but this is not dissimilar from the position they were in last year when they won the final six and got in they're they're going to need to win five they're gonna have to win out to make the playoffs that's just there's too many teams with too good a records at this point the lions the panthers the falcons Two of those teams are going to get to 10. And so the question is going to be, can Green Bay get to 10? If they win the next two, they can get to 10. And that is a critical piece because if Rodgers comes back for week 15, if they beat the Panthers, they beat the Vikings, if they beat the Lions, those three games, those provide them with crucial cushion in the playoff race. If they beat the Lions... And it comes down to the Packers and the Lions with 10 wins, and that's the tiebreaker. If they beat the Lions, they'll have split the head-to-head matchups. But the Packers will have handed the Lions their fifth conference loss, and that is the tiebreaker in that scenario. Now, things get complicated if Carolina ends up with 10 wins as well because the head-to-head matchup gets wonky, and the three-way tiebreaker is not as simple as the two-way tiebreaker. If all three teams end with 10 wins, depending on where those 10 wins come from, it's unlikely that Green Bay gets in. What the Packers have to hope for is the Panthers, who have a very difficult schedule to close, that they lose three games plus the Packers game. Now, obviously, the Packers can do their part and win their game. But the Packers, at this point, if you're a Packers fan, plenty of you have moved on to 2018, and that's fine. But you have to put your anti-Viking bias aside and you have to root for the Vikings against basically all of the teams that they play in the NFC South down the stretch. The Vikings play Carolina. doesn't really matter what happens with Atlanta. Atlanta looks more likely to finish with 11 wins 
with their schedule and the way that they're playing. But it's not out of the question for Green Bay to get in, especially with the tiebreaker over Seattle and Seattle so banged up. Cam Chancellor now out for the season. Richard Sherman out for the season. They don't have a running game. They don't have a running back. Their offensive line is still a mess. And the Lions are already at five losses. So, I mean, would it surprise anyone if they lost to the Bears or the Bengals? They don't have a, a, a supremely difficult schedule down the stretch, but this is still the Lions. It is not, certainly not the most likely scenario, but I, I personally don't love the Panthers. I don't think they're great. I know they, they went into New England and played well, but I just, the, the Saints kicked the crap out of them. The Falcons were a dropped Julio Jones in the end zone. I mean, I don't think the Panthers are a very good team. They're a good team. They're not a very good team. So that there is there is actually still a scenario in which the Packers are the five seed. Now, the, the division is pretty much out of reach, barring a, a, a catastrophic implosion by the Minnesota Vikings. But the wild card is very much in play. They could be going to New Orleans in week one of the playoffs. They could be going to St. Louis. That would be pretty special. Going to L.A., playing a, a second-year quarterback. You know, this is all assuming Rodgers comes back and they win out. There are some fascinating potential scenarios in, in, the, in the NFC playoff picture. And they can't win five in a row if they don't win one. So they need to focus on that. They need to, they need to beat Tampa Bay this week. And we'll go from there. A lot more coming this week, Tuesday through Friday. Stay with us and stay locked on, Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.